Hey, I'm Daniel, and welcome to the Milwaukee Chi Alpha Podcast. What you're going to get from this podcast is biblical encouragement for college students in Milwaukee. And if you don't fit that description, this can still be a good listen for you. What you're about to listen to is our sermon series called Sent. We're studying the book of Acts, the ordinary people who had an extraordinary story. Jesus, I thank you uh, for this day. I thank you that we're all able to gather together. And uh, Lord, I just ask that uh, you would make me the UPS delivery man and that you would, I'd just be delivering your message. And uh, yeah, that your will would be done in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, So when I was a junior in high school, I decided to read my Bible for the very first time. Um, This was a decision that I was going to make on my own. I grew up in church. Um, but I never actually took the time to read my Bible. And all my life, I had heard, like, oh, you should be doing this by yourself. And um, I went to a summer camp called TBRM. It's similar to Spencer Lake, if any of you guys have been there. And they talked about, especially us being kids, we have all this time on our hands. Why don't you just spend some time reading the Bible? And so um, junior year of high school, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, I had this year-long Bible that you read a section a day, and if you do that for a whole year, you'll go through the whole thing. And I thought by doing this, I'd be so blessed and um, that God would just pour out a lot of favor on me. But my whole attitude for reading the Bible was basically, it was pretty wrong. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, All I cared about, basically, was what I could get from God. I just wanted his blessing. I just wanted his favor. Um, I didn't really care about him. Um, All I wanted to do was um, to read the Bible, get blessed, and then just do whatever I wanted to do. And so um, I was missing the point of what it means to read our Bible. And I think we do this sometimes in different areas of our spiritual life, um, but also just in life in general. I know uh, going to school, what's the point of going to school so you can learn, right? Uh, But I know for me, when I was going to school, how many times did I have a test and I just memorized, and then the test came and the next day I forgot everything. And I just lost the whole point of going to school. Um, Another example, maybe you you go home to watch some Netflix, right? Netflix and chill. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad that got a laugh. Um, <laughs> but no, like you're tired, you, you go home, and you just want to watch some, something and just relax. But, but by the time you like give up on picking a movie you want to watch, it's been an hour and a half, and then you end up just watching The Office for like the 20th time. And it's like you just missed the whole point of this relaxing time. And so um, tonight we're going to be in Acts 19. So if you want to turn there, go ahead. Um, The passage is also going to be on the screen. Um, But we're going to come across some guys who definitely missed the point. Um, And so it's going to be Acts 19, verses uh, 11 through 17. So I'll give you all a second to go there. Um, And this is, we usually do stuff in the NIV, but I like the NLT, so changing it up a little bit. 
Um, so God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the, man, uh, then the man with the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The, uh, the story of what happened spread quickly all throughout Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but the first time I read this, I was like, what the heck just happened? Um, it's pretty wild passage, and there's, like, a lot going on here. And so um, before I even go into the text and talk about um, what uh, the exegesis is, <clears throat> big SAT word there for anyone who cares about that, um, I want to take a minute and help us to make room for the supernatural in this. Um, we do not see uh, handkerchiefs healing people. We don't see... Uh, demons being cast out of people on the daily basis, or at least I don't. Um, so if anyone here is feeling just like hesitation or uh, being overwhelmed by this weird stuff, um, I, w I would give you the advice to just kind of hold that right here. Any questions that you have, any um, yeah hesitations, just keep that here. Um, you don't even have to like forget them. Uh, go to your small group leader or talk to one of us staff members, and we'd love to talk. Um, about that, but my advice to you would be, um, yeah, to just be present in this moment and listen to what God um, wants to say to you in this through this message, and um, yeah, don't let those questions and hesitations distract you from this. So, um, yeah, moving on, the first thing we see in this passage is um, the Apostle Paul. He is a vessel for God. Um, Jesus is doing miraculous things through him. Um, stuff that just touches Paul is healing people. And, like, what an awesome thing, right? Like, uh, it's not just Paul that God is using, but the things that Paul touches. Like, that guy is anointed. Um, and, like, that makes sense to me. God is using a man of God. Um, but as the passage goes on, um, things get a little confusing. At least they were to me when I first read this. Um, and before we go on uh, with the text, I want to put a little context for what's going on. Um, right now in Acts 19, we are in the city of Ephesus. And so uh, one of the things to know about Ephesus is that um, this is the city where the temple of Artemis, uh, one of the seven wonders of the world was. So yeah, there's the picture of that. And so um, this is one of the seven wonders of the world. And like a lot of people were following this um, goddess, and um, as you see in verse 35, I didn't read it, but if you continue on down the passage in Acts uh, 19, it says, citizens of Ephesus, uh, everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Um, so you have a lot of people worshiping at this uh, temple, and then another thing to note is that um, 
one of the commentaries I read said that Ephesus was a great place of superstition, um, magical little amulets and uh, good luck charms and stuff like that were up for purchase. And um, yeah, that's kind of the idea of the city that we're in right now. And uh, moving on to verse 13, um, it says, A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation. Um, so to, to break that down a little bit, who are these people that are doing this? Um, number one, these are not followers of Jesus. Um, yes, they are using Jesus' name, and they are Jews. Um, but as you'll see in my second point, they could care less about Jesus. They could care less about being in his will or doing his will. Um, and number two, all the commentaries I read had negative things to say about the things that they were doing. So um, they were basically performing superstitious acts um, that uh, and believed in stuff that was outside of the Torah, which was uh, their Bible back in that time. And so one commentary talked about how they would sell pieces of scripture as like magic almost. So let's say you wanted wealth. You would go to these people and they would sell you uh, a piece of scripture about wealth and then you'd carry that on you and supposedly you're supposed to get wealthy from that. And so um, you could do that with anything, healing, uh, power, wealth, wha um, whatever it was. So um, another commentary I read talked about that these guys would, um, quote, get money by conjuring. They strolled about to tell people their fortunes and pretended by spells and charms to cure diseases and bring people to themselves that were melancholy or distracted. Um, so overall, these guys were dabbling with spirituality that was outside of the Torah, their Bible, uh, for their own gain. They didn't care about the source of scripture, uh, the source of the scriptures that they uh, were selling. All they cared about was the good that they could gain from it. Um, so again, who was it that was doing this? In verse 14, it says, seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. Um, so they see Paul, who, like we talked about in the beginning, is doing all this miraculous stuff in Jesus' name, and they think, well, why don't we do that in our work? And um, we see it goes horribly wrong in verse 15. Uh, but one time they tried. Uh, they tried it. Sorry, but one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence they fled from the house naked and battered. So these guys, the seven sons of Sceva, try to invoke Jesus for their own gain. Um, and God makes it clear He's not going to be mocked. He's not going to be manipulated. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said about the seven sons of Sceva. But from what I see, they're missing the point of what it means to use Jesus' name. And I think that sometimes in our relationship with God, um, we miss the point too. And so I know most of us probably are not trying to cast out demons for money. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to missing the point, um, maybe some of you are missing what it means to follow God in Jesus' name. 
So what am I getting at? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you pray? Why do you go to church? Why, why are you even here right now? We do all these things not because it works or it's the right thing to do, but it's to get to know Jesus. In verse 15, it says, The evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? See, even our enemy knows who's following Jesus. He knows who's after God's heart. And with that, he does a really good job of helping us to lose the point of what it means um, to follow God, the, the things that help us to follow God. And that's what church and prayer and, and reading our Bible does. God doesn't care about all the good Christian things you can check off of off of your list at the end of the week. He doesn't care how good you can pray or how perfect your thoughts are um, or, not, or how nice you dress at church. What he cares about is your relationship with him and your heart towards him. In the Old Testament, um, one of the most famous Israelites was King David. Uh, and this was a, a man after God's heart. Um, and one of the most famous stories regarding David was um, he uh, had sex with another woman um, other than his wife. And um, after that, he uh, tried to cover up his mistake. And he also, uh, when that mistake failed, or when that cover-up failed, uh, he had the husband of that woman killed. Um, So pretty bad stuff going on for uh, the king of Israel. Um, But so Psalms 51 is his prayer of repentance. And I want to focus on the end of that psalm. Um, So verse 16, it says, You do not, and this is David talking to God, uh, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Matthew Henry says, Here we see uh, how glad David would have been to give thousands of rams to make atonement for sin. So back in these days, this is before Jesus came, um, in order to be made right with God, you had to make uh, sacrifices. Um, But now, because of Jesus, he is our sacrifice, so we don't have to do that. But um, you see that David was in the worst of his sin. Um, And he doesn't come with offerings in order to please God. What he does, uh, or he, what he does not do is come with a list of things that he says, okay, God, let me, let me do this so I can be made right in your eyes. Or he doesn't come to um, give different kinds of uh, sacrifices that will be pleasing to God. What he comes with is his broken heart. And this is what Jesus wants from all of us. Above all else, he wants our heart, and he wants us to know him. Um, and it's, it's not just knowing about him. It's not just having verses memorized or having perfect doctrine or theology. None of that stuff is bad. All that stuff is great. But what he really wants is for you to know him the way you know your best friend. He wants you to know him the way you know your siblings, the way you know your roommates, or the way you know your significant other. Where words do not have to be spoken in order to understand how the other is feeling. So I want to ask you guys right now, where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? We're going to have some uh, a time for prayer and reflection after I'm done. And 
Um, I want you all to pray on this and think about it. Um, does Going back to uh, one of the early verses, and Jeff, you can come up. Um, does the enemy know who you are the way he knew who Paul and Jesus was? Have you just been using God to be blessed the way I was my junior year of high school? Or maybe tonight you just came and you're just kind of going through the motions. What needs to happen so that you and Jesus are in communion with each other the way that him and the Father are? So going back to my junior year of high school, when I realized that Jesus just wasn't this genie who uh, blessed me and did what I wanted, um, but he was a person who wanted a relationship with me, I had like a revival. That summer, um, I fell in love with Jesus for the first time, and um, we see a similar thing happen uh, in the passage in verse 18. Um, It says, is it up here? Yes, yeah, sweet. Um, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books were uh, several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. These people saw that Jesus wasn't just a scripture that you could buy. He wasn't just some new magic potion that could be used or some superstition. He's the living God who is powerful. And when he's on your side, he can do miraculous things like bringing healing through a handkerchief. But when you try to manipulate him and when you try to uh, use him for your own benefit, he won't be mocked. Um, Matthew Henry said this about Acts 19 the devil by true and lively faith in Christ he will flee from us but if we think to resist him by the bare using of Christ's name or any part of his word as a spell or charm he will prevail against us and I think true communion with God it's going to lead to trouble from the world and from the enemy but I think it's also going to lead to life Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Life with Jesus is an abundant life. So let's take some time to seek the Lord right now um, and ask him how to live that abundant life, life in communion with him. Um, So if everyone can bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray really quick. Jesus, I thank you um, that you're a God who is not distant, that you are a God who came down and died for us, or that you know every single hurt, every single pain, every single wiring in our brain, Lord, that's off. God, I ask that you would just come and that you would speak to everyone here. Or that you would convict, that you would guide, that you would lead us where you want us to go in our relationship with you. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, if you guys can keep your uh, heads down and uh, close your eyes. Um, I just want to invite anyone here, if you have never known Jesus before, and if you want to invite him into your life for the first time, 
Um, would you raise your hand or just look at me? Thanks. Um, so I'm going to ask everyone uh, here to repeat after me, but um, this prayer is for those uh, who want Jesus to come into their life and be their Lord. Um, so just repeat after me. Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me for what I've done. I believe you are who you say you are and that you died and rose from the grave for me. I invite you into my heart. Come be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so yeah, we're just going to take some time to uh, pray and reflect. Um, yeah, just look at where you are in your relationship with Jesus um, and ask him where he wants uh, where he wants to take you in your journey with him next and what your part is in that. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at MilwaukeeXA to keep up to date on our events and services. Or stop by Bolton Hall Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. in room B40.